If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit the davidpollockshow.com. There you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit the David Pollock Show. Stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. Welcome, welcome to the David Pollock Show. We are back with another exciting show for you tonight. Man, oh man, I just love Mondays. And I love that you keep tuning in every week to see what exciting things we are going to talk about. Now, I'm not going to talk about Biden letting himself out of a press conference, confused about where he was, opening up a door, walking out. And by the way, presidents don't touch doors. And if you remember that, when, when Trump was being indicted in Miami, they're like, or no, this was New York. They're like, Trump's going to have to open his own door like a criminal. You know, uh, Biden literally walked off stage. I don't know if you guys saw this, opened up a door and just left. And, and everyone's looking around like, uh, all right, I guess he left. And they were, well, I'm not going to talk about that today. I told you we're not going to talk about it um, because, you know, we're going to talk about something interesting today. Um, we're not that we don't always talk about something interesting, but I want to change gears a little bit. Okay. Cause all we do is talk about politics and Joe Biden and Trump's indictment, which by the way, again, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but Trump on truth social, um, released uh, a statement essentially saying that he has been asked to testify in front of the grand jury on matters related to January 6th. He thinks another indictment is coming. Yes, folks, they are going for it. This would be number three. Stay tuned for number four. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know where this is going to end. They're going to keep going. His um, looks like his trial date or at least jury selection has been scheduled for, I think, sometime in August of 2024. So um, I expect or maybe May. So the looks like we're going to be talking about this for a while and it's definitely going to be a part of the election. So anyway. Uh, but what I want to talk to you about is something kind of different tonight. I want to talk to you about Twitter, but it's not Twitter anymore. It's X because um, Elon Musk apparently has a thing about X and he's decided that he's changing Twitter to X and people are losing their minds about it. They're wondering what in the world is going on. I'm looking at this here. Why is Twitter becoming X? Should you move to threads or blue sky? These are these other competing platforms that they've been suggesting. Um, people go to other than Twitter ever since Elon Musk brought over and gave free speech back to America. So uh, essentially, um, now Twitter is X. It's X.com. Uh, I guess it's X Corp. Um, but now he has, it'll join SpaceX and his artificial intelligence venture, which is XAI. 
and all of these other things. Now Twitter is X. And here's what's so cool about X. Um, he's talking about something where he's going to integrate. This is something he's always planned to do since his uh, PayPal days. He wants to integrate it with Neuralink. And I don't know if you guys have heard about Neuralink, but Musk is planning some crazy stuff. Now, Musk is the guy who figured out a way to build a rocket to fly itself automatically up into space, then land itself on a floating boat in the middle of the ocean that also does it automatically. And then the whole thing just takes itself automatically back to shore. This is a guy who figured out how to do that. He's building a rocket that's going to take people to Mars. So Elon Musk can do whatever Elon Musk wants. So when Elon Musk is talking about a social media platform turned into something that's much more in-depth, something where people can communicate, something where people can interact with each other, not just by typing in keys, but he's envisioning a world where you're able to interact with people like with your brain. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen this Neuralink thing, but I'm going to pull up a clip here in a second to let you guys know what Elon Musk was talking about three years ago. And that's what I think is really fascinating because we've been talking about AI and we've been talking about, uh, and there was a hearing the other day, and, and now I'm going to preview my first guest will be coming on in a minute. I was on OAN. Yours truly was on One American News Network, um, and we were discussing uh, regulating AI. And um, basically, they had these team of scientists where they were trying to, at this hearing in Washington, and they were trying to decide, how do we regulate AI? Like, what are we going to do? Um, and what was so interesting about it was they're like, well, we have to feed the data with our values, but it's going to be open source. So, yeah, there could be bad actors, but other countries are already doing this. They likened it to a nuclear pro proliferation. Poli they're trying to it's like building a nuke <laughs> is what they were saying it was like. And they're like, look, other countries are trying to build their AI nuke and U.S. needs to build their AI nuke, too. And we're not spending enough money on it. So they wanted the appropriations process to be quicker. And they were talking about how do we regulate AI? Meanwhile, Elon Musk is warning everybody about AI. And saying, guys, we need to pump the brakes on it because this stuff is getting out of hand. So this Neuralink thing, and Gabe, get cut one ready. This Neuralink thing um, allows humans to connect to computers. So, And Elon Musk, the way he described it was essentially because we can't communicate with computers as fast as computers can communicate with computers. So man is the weak link. So he wants to create this Neuralink initially um, to like help people with paralysis or you know blindness or hearing loss. But eventually, as like a, a thing that anybody can use in order to kind of interact quickly with computers, it's really fascinating. And I want to talk about that. But let's go ahead and ready clip one, Gabe. Let's set this thing up. Exactly. Is it? How do you do what? what and this is Joe Rogan, by the way. This is Elon Musk on Joe Rogan three years ago. Get a neural link installed. What will take place? Well, for version one of the device, it would be um, it, it basically it implanted in your skull. So, uh, <laughs> but it would be so, uh, flush with your skull. So you basically uh, take out a chunk of skull, replace, put the neural link device in there. Um, you'd, you'd put the the electrode. You'd insert the electrode threads very carefully into the the brain, um, and uh, and then you you know stitch it up and um and you wouldn't even know that somebody has it um and then and and so then it it, it can interface basically anywhere in, anywhere in your brain 
Um, so it could be something that uh, you know helps cure, say, uh, eyesight, like give you returns your eyesight even if you've like lost your optic nerve type of thing. Uh, could, really? Could, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hearing, obviously. Um, I mean, pretty much anything that where that that it, it could, in principle, fix almost anything that is wrong with the brain, um, and it it could, it could um, restore uh, limb functionality. So if you've got to interface into the motor cortex and then an implant that's say uh, that's like a microcontroller uh, and near your muscle groups, uh, you you could then create a. So you guys get what he's saying here, right? Neural shunt. Basically. This is a, 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 a thing they put into your brain, attaches to your brain with little electrodes that you plug in. And um, uh, essentially, then you become uh, connected to this computer. It's really, really fascinating stuff. And the reason why I bring it up is because now this Twitter X thing is directly related to that. And what he's planning on doing is integrating somehow Neuralink with this new X Corp, which is Twitter. Guys, I don't know. It's pretty fascinating stuff to me. But before I go any further, I want to bring in my first guest, Anthony Watson. Now, what Anthony, what you might know him for now, he's a um, contributor to Turning Point. He has a new show coming out called Campus Crashers. It should be out any time soon. I'll let him let us know when that's coming out. And he recently just filled in for uh, Dan Ball and OAN's Real America. He's also a former Olympian for the, I think it's the Jamaican bobsled team. Anthony Watson, welcome to my show. How are you? Welcome to the Dave Pollock Show. David, my, in the wise words of Michael Scott, my, how the turntables. Right. Have, uh, <laughs> it was last week I was just interviewing you, so it's an honor to be on your show, my friend. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. We had a lot of fun. I was telling my uh, listeners, I said, yeah, last week I had the pleasure of going on, uh, on One America News Network, uh, Real America. You were filling in for Dan Ball, and uh, you did an amazing job, and we had a lot of fun. The first thing we talked about was... Um, I think we AI talked about what's that? I said we talked about AI on the battlefield. In the, in the That's corner. right. We talked about AI on the and then we talked about uh, Fauci, which we'll get into here in a second. And then, uh, then we talked about COVID, um, which we'll get to in a second. And um, because uh, apparently Fauci has lied to some people, and uh, so that's been very interesting. And uh, I guess we talked about tornadoes and climate change too, because uh, <laughs> Pfizer is not immune to to climate change. And, and I was supposed to make a joke on your show and I forgot about it because you put so much pressure on me asking such great questions, but, but welcome, hey, welcome, I'm welcome. Sorry, man, but Hey, look, look from yeah. a, from a, from a non anchors point of view, you slayed it, man. Oh, sweet. Thank you. I, I, you know, I do my best to slay it week in and week out here on the show. And, uh, I'm glad that you thought I slayed it and you slayed it as well. So we're just one big, happy slaying family of media professionals. And I'm really happy to have you here. And I wanted to do is I wanted to, cause we had a very short discussion on your show and I was like, you know what? I got some radio time. Let's continue that discussion. And we had some really interesting conversations and I wanted to get your take because you're asking the questions. I wanted to get your take on what we were discussing between, and I'm, I'm sure you heard in the intro, I was talking about Twitter becoming X and then Musk suggesting Neuralink is somehow going to be incorporated in this new social media platform. And then combining that, I guess, with what we were talking about, AI in the battlefield and where we're going with basically becoming cyborgs and linking up with machines. What do you think about all that? Well, to, to settle everyone who's feeling nervous and whatnot and feeling like this is the end of the world, you know, people have been give, freely giving away all of their literally bodily anatomy, a unique DNA fingerprints. For years now, 
take Apple for existence, for for example, now it's like you can't log into your phone unless you show your entire face. And now it has facial recognition. You have fingerprints that you use for your cell phone, for your cars, you know, for all the other things, voice recognition and stuff that now all of the modern appliances within your home can't function without you attaching some sort of your physical being to it in order for it to operate. Now, I personally don't believe in any of that stuff, so I still use a passcode. I don't use my fingerprints <laughs> for anything, and I've never used that. People who travel even have to, like, who, who don't use TSA pre-check, who have now used clear, have to give their fingerprints, their retinal scans, and their facial scans in order to be clear to travel. So this isn't something that just came out of nowhere. This is something that's happened because people have made, you know, personal DNA uh, encryption so necessary that they started taking it in small ways so that when someone comes around and says, hey, we want to tap you into this computer so that you can live a better functioning life with it, it doesn't shock them as much. Because whenever you have people that have conversations about, like, I don't trust the government, I don't do this, and you look at their hand and they're holding a cell phone that they have to use their face to load, and I'm like, well, you're not really somebody that lives the whole message you're talking about if you're freely giving away people, you know, your information for people to access for face through facial scans and through fingerprints and through all of this other DNA that you have to provide. I was like, that's personal information that my honest opinion doesn't belong to anybody except yourself. And so when you talk about like all of these other things, what it's doing is it's pushing us more in a world where we're going to get more disconnected from humans as a whole being and not being able to function or compute with each other. And you're starting to see that in small ways. You go to grocery stores now, most of the self, most of the lanes now are checkout because it's just you and a machine. It took away the middleman, which is the bagger, the person who checks you out. And now there's less conversations, there's less interaction to the point where you won't need interaction to where that's a foreign practice where nobody knows how to function doing it anymore. So that's my take. Yeah, well, but none of those things required you to implant anything in your brain. But um, what Elon Musk says about it, he says we're essentially already cyborgs. He says the, our phone is basically an extension of our body and when we're without it we feel like we're missing a limb and he's it saying is. Neuralink is just the natural uh, uh, evolution of being connected to technology and he talks about data rate I'll get to that second I have to take a super quick break can you hang on for me and I carry over and we'll talk about this in just Absolutely. a second alright guys don't go anywhere we're going to take a quick break and we come back more about crazy Neuralink stuff don't go anywhere I see your true you know that every 40 seconds, someone in the United States suffers a stroke? And every three minutes and 14 seconds, someone dies from a stroke. These statistics are staggering, but even more surprising is the fact that stroke can affect people of all ages, with one in seven stroke sufferers being younger than 49. The Scott Cooper Smith Stroke Awareness Foundation is on a mission to spread awareness about stroke in younger individuals. In 2009, Scott Cooper Smith passed away unexpectedly a stroke at just 32 years old, leaving behind a wife and a child. The foundation was started in his memory to connect stroke sufferers with the resources they need to overcome this devastating condition. If you want to help young families struggling with the impact of stroke, consider making a donation to the Scott Cooper Smith Stroke Awareness Foundation. Together, we can make a difference in the lives of those affected by stroke. Visit strokeawarenessfoundation.org to learn more and donate today. That's strokeawarenessfoundation.org. Hey friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. 
Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Toppers is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft-serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh-baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh-baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to tell them David sent you. Welcome back to the David Pollock Show. We are talking about weird techie stuff tonight. We're talking about Twitter becoming X. We're talking about Neuralink and uh, some fascinating things and then having a discussion about it with my good friend, uh, Anthony Watson, Olympian, uh, expert show host. And I'm going to play a clip real quick for you guys. This is Elon Musk talking about data rate transfer. Go ahead, Gabe. Cut to partly, um, part, you know, partly a cyborg um, or an AI symbiote, essentially. Um, it's just that the data rate to the electronics is slow. So especially output, like you're just going with your thumbs. I mean, like what, what's your data rate? Maybe optimistically a hundred bits per second. That's being generous. Um, and, and now the computer can, can communicate at like, you know, hundred, a hundred terabits. You know, so what he's saying here is talking about the slow data rates of of transfer so between humans and like, computers yeah basically your, com your computer could do a, a mil do things a million times faster or, or you're, you're, at a certain point it's like talk they as like talking to a tree yeah we'll leave it there but essentially that's what he's saying he's saying basically that um that humans are already this is what i was telling uh anthony before that that humans are pretty much like cyborgs already with their phones but he was saying that the data rate transfers super slow because you have to enter it like with your thumbs with neuro and, and that's the the inhibition like computers can talk much quicker humans our interaction with computers we are the weakness and what he's suggesting is and there's a whole clip there and i've actually put it up on my twitter if you want to watch the whole interview it's 25 minutes on rogan um but essentially what he's saying is this neural link will allow people to communicate with computers much faster and allow us to keep pace with ai it's pretty fascinating stuff what do you think anthony well i think it goes back to what i was saying before is that like in, in a way, society has literally made us so codependent on technology that when you hear something like this, the people who have a healthy respect for technology still feel that is invasive. But like you said, when someone takes their phone away, they literally feel like a part of them is missing and don't know how to function without the entertainment or without the connection or without the stuff that it provides because it happens at an instant. But the only question that I have to, other, to anybody and your listeners is just like for every convenience that all these big people offer you, it doesn't come for free. They always require you to give something in exchange. And so yeah. it may be easier to, you know, com you know, to communicate with a computer or to get uh, data processed faster. But for a few extra seconds, if it means you don't have to give away any compromising information on yourself, I say just stick it out and everything else, because 
the thought of having something inserted inside of you surgically with every kind of chip or anything else, and anyone who especially has phones and whatnot, I was like, everything has to be upgraded. So my questions are now like, if something goes wrong, does that mean I have to go through a surgery to get the chip out? If the chip malfunctions, if something happens within my system where it's now I'm starting to have all these malfunctions and I'm starting to get sick from it, these are all questions that people should be asking before they just willy-nilly sign up for this big AK and my honest explanation is just another experiment. It sounds nice, but at the end of the day, it's just like humans are the ones that create technology. And for every convenience that you have, it always comes at, at the loss of something or the cost of something. So the real question now with all of this has to be, well, what is it going to require of me and what do I have to do? Because I can tell you firsthand for myself, I don't plan on getting any of this neuro chip stuff because <laughs> as easy and as convenient as it does sound, it's very invasive and if something were to go wrong it's just like where do i go do i go to a tesla shop to go get my chip fixed and upgraded <laughs> like what's the process <laughs> so that's just my honest opinion could you imagine if there's like some kind of subscription and you didn't pay your bill and all of a sudden or maybe you paid it and it was like some kind of problem with the payment and you just like drop dead <laughs> like not yeah dead, or but like zaps you every single time you're in the, <laughs> the pain intensifies for every day past the bill you have to pay well i could tell you and then certainly people would be concerned if uh bad actors or governments can hack into your Neuralink. um there'd have to be some really good cybersecurity because uh you certainly don't want to uh be made to do things involuntarily i mean turn into a total automaton or a robot but i think but mainly i, I think prematurely the the idea here is that it'll cure where they can help treat conditions like blindness and paralysis and depression and but eventually and this is the cool part long term he wants to make it a general population device that could connect the user's mind directly to supercomputers and help them keep up with artificial intelligence that's that's sort of the cool part but what he says is and i'll play this cl clip later but what he says is it's going to be a backup drive essentially for your non-physical being he calls it a digital soul what do you think about that well, I think anything that has to do with artificial intelligence needs to be held in that respect. It's artificial, meaning that it can it's smart and it's fast for a time because anything that needs an upgrade always slows down. Everything that needs to be replaced always needs to get replaced. And the minds that create that are worth more respect than the actual intelligence of itself. But being called, having a second soul, you know, I'm a Christian. And I believe that, you know, when the Bible said it's appointed unto man once to die, you, you only have that soul to take to account for. This other thing, like I said, I don't think with the capability and what they are producing and what they're giving, people are going to be able to use it to its full capacity. Yeah, it may have some cool things that like, wow, you would, you know, might take the ease off of certain things. But at the same time, you know, like, if this is artificial and this is doing that, imagine what somebody's full potential who's fully invested into trying to become a better person through hard work, discipline, and character could achieve. Because all of these people who are creating this for the convenience of a greater good are the same minds, you know, like that everyone else has the potential to do and, and to be, you know, for the things to achieve if they apply themselves in the areas of expertise that they're looking to become experts in. So my whole thing is that, like, I'm somebody that in this kind of sense is just, like, always, I'm not queuing on, I'm not, like, a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, but, like, for something that literally wants to now take over my emotions, you have to understand now, from my perspective, it's like, well, who the heck is going to be pulling the strings if something goes bad? Who do I report to if something malfunctions? You know, like, there are too many ifs and what ifs because he's selling you on the good parts and, like, the possibilities, but there's no guarantees until you actually have people starting to use this. And I think that's when you're going to start seeing what the full 
capacity of this new system could potentially be. Could you imagine like needing support and you're like, operator, operator, <laughs> operator, <laughs> please. Or if you're having a heart attack and you're just <laughs> in your mind saying ambulance, ambulance. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Anthony, listen, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I know you have to run. Um, I appreciate you joining the show. I hope you come back on. Thanks for having me on your show. Keep up the great work. Now, how can people come and check you out? You have a great new show coming up. Go ahead and tell people how they can find you and if they want to hear more from Anthony I Watson. have an amazing show being powered by Turning Point USA where it's called Campus Crashers, where we go to college campuses that are literally stuck in the middle of this culture war against a lot of woke ideologies, woke peers, professors, and school boards, and uh, friends and other social groups on campus. So we go there, we encourage them, we do fun stunts and challenges with them, we talk and we confront these other groups, and then in the end, we gift two of the hardest working people from that chapter a free trip to our convention. But this new season that we have coming in, we have people that are going to be competing for a very large cash prize scholarship, and I'm so excited for all of that. So you can follow my journey on Instagram at A Watson Jam. so that's A-W-A-T-S-O-N-J-A-M, and then on Twitter at A Watson O L Y. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being part of the show and good luck on this new season and good luck to all the contestants, I guess. Right. David, thank you so much. Keep doing the work that you're doing. Anytime you want me back on just holler. Done. Done. Thank you so much for being on the show. Take care. All right. Bye. All right, guys, we're talking about Neuralink. So, um, basically I, I don't have another clip for you, but I only have two minutes left before a hard break. I'm going to try to play it for you real quick. And Gabe, let's run it until just about 30 seconds before my break, and then I'll talk everyone out. But I want you to hear this. This is what I want to talk about when we get back. Go ahead. Transforming that into some sort of a biological state. Like you could hang out with 30-year-old you. I mean, the possibilities are... This is what he talks about, um, downloading your memories, your physical (laughs) beating. Your physical beating. I mean, just think think like how your phone can, you can record videos on your phone. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, no way you could remember a video. Right. As accurately as your phone or a camera, you know, could. So uh, now if, you, if you've got like, a, you know, some, some, you know, version 10 Neuralink or whatever and far in the future, you, you could, re- you could remember, you could re- recall everything that just like it's a movie. Crystal all, clear. It, it, including all the entire sensory experience. Emotions. Everything. 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 And play it back. And, Do you and, think and you'll in be fact, able to you share? Edit it. Edit it. Yeah. So you can change your past. You could change what you think was your past. Yeah. Well, so if you had like this, a traumatic this whole thing experience, right now, could be a replayed memory. You heard that? Be. Yeah. It may be. This whole thing right now of this being a replayed memory could be a re more than fifty percent played memory. And and that's what's crazy about this. So Elon Musk is suggesting we could already be in a simulation. We could already be neuralinked without us even knowing it. It's all fascinating stuff, guys. And I know it's kind of weird and out there, but sometimes it's fun to talk about these sci-fi type things and the possibility of what the future holds and just take a break from politics. But I'm going to break, but we come back. I'm going right back into politics, guys. There's some new polls I want to talk to you about. I got a Ron DeSantis file that I'm going to get to. So I hope you enjoyed our little sci-fi journey because we're getting right back into the nitty gritty. We will be right back in just a minute. And when we get back, I'm going to open up the lines for your calls. And we're going to have more fun on The David Pollock Show. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. Are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultant specializes in citizens' insurance packages and replacement cost appraisals, so you can get bound quickly, easily, and accurately. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than you need. Work with a company that respects your time and budget as much as you do. Visit online at FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. That's FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. Business owners, are you sick of dealing with those big-name telecommunications companies that leave you frustrated with terrible customer service and then lock you into long-term contracts? That's why I want to introduce you to my friends over at Public Telephone Company. They are an industry-leading VOIP provider offering all-in-one business communication solutions that are completely contract-free with competitive pricing. But perhaps the best part, they're all about supporting their customers with U.S.-based customer service, and they're always willing to go the extra mile. Don't let your phone company drive you mad. Call Public Telephone Company today at 877-314-4080 or visit them at publictelephonecompany.com. That's publictelephonecompany.com. Someday, yeah, we'll put it together and we'll get it undone. Someday when your head is much lighter. Welcome back to the David Pollack Show. I love our soundtrack. Both of those songs are great. Now, that was Guardians of the Galaxy. So last week it was uh, Trolls. And uh, those songs are from Guardians of the Galaxy. What happens is I hear these songs in these movies, and I'm like, man, I really like these songs. And then I go through the whole soundtrack. Well, this is good, and I add it, and this is good. So that was a little Guardians of the Galaxy for you. By the way, the newest one, really good. Wasn't too woke. Not like that Barbie movie. Oh, my gosh. I'm going down a David Pollock show tangent. I did not see the Barbie movie. I didn't because I don't want to. One, I don't care. I didn't play with Barbies. But I know all of these women got dressed up. My sister was one of them. They got all dressed up and they went to go see the Barbie movie. And uh, then they complained about how woke it was. <laughs> but everybody's still seeing it and getting dressed up. Like, I don't know, like, a, like it's a sorority outing or something. But apparently it was um, it, it was some kind of woke thing. And I'm not planning on seeing it. Oppenheimer was out this weekend, too. I hear that was pretty good. I don't have time to see movies because I'm too busy preparing for this show to bring you guys great content. But um, I don't know. Now, we have. if you want to call in, if you did see the Barbie movie or Oppenheimer and you want to talk about it, you can call in 407-774-8255. That's 407-774-8255. If any women listeners are out there that got all gussied up, to go see the Barbie movie in their pink shirts and boas and sunglasses and heels. And they went with all their friends drinking Prosecco, going to Barbie it out. I'm curious to know what you thought about the Barbie movie. We'll just have a fun little David Pollock show tangent. 
<laughs> but I'm gonna get right back into it here. Um, basically, uh, I, I I always find Elon Musk fascinating. I think he's a dreamer. I think the country uh, needs more dreamers. I think um, people like him are visionaries. And yeah, some of this stuff might be out in the in, in nowhere. But if people didn't envision walking on the moon, for those of you who believe we walk on the moon, by the way, I, I do think we walked on the moon. <laughs> but for those, but I mean, we wouldn't achieve any of that flying, going to space, going to the depths of the ocean, not in the Titanic submarine. But these things happen because people have dreams and Elon Musk is a dreamer and he takes his billions of dollars and he reinvests it into things that are just cool. And I've always respected that about Elon Musk and, and I just love everything he's doing. And it also brings up some really fascinating kind of things, but I got something, I got a question for you guys. And, and here's the thing. I'm sure you've seen it even with SpaceX. Musk found a, was the first guy, private company. He's resupplying the space station. He's taking people back on American rockets to the space station. We're not relying on Russia anymore. Yet it seems the media hates everything he does. Even when they, like, they're trying to find every reason. Threads came out. I don't know if you guys heard about this with Threads. There's this company called, you know, Meta. That's Facebook. They have Threads. And they come out, it was supposed to be the, the Twitter killer. You know, they're trying to put Elon Musk out of business because God forbid he buy Twitter and, and stop shadow banning people and give people back free speech. But either way, this Threads things comes out. They get 100 million new subscribers, and then it plummets. The, nobody's using Threads. There's this other thing. I don't even remember what, Blue Sky or something. Nobody's using that. Nobody's using the alternative for uh, any of these social media platforms. They love Twitter, but everybody seems to hate Elon Musk. And why do you think that is? I'm curious to know what you guys think. I think, personally, it's because he breaks the rules. He dares to dream. He dares to do things that that you're not supposed to do anymore in America. You can do what you want, and if you work hard enough, you can achieve things. And man, that seems to threaten a lot of people. Why is dreaming to do something bigger so dangerous? And that's my thing about Elon Musk, and that's why I support Elon. I'll do whatever it takes, because um, I think we need more visionaries who do not use their wealth and their power for evil. He does things for the betterment of humanity. If there weren't people willing to get on boats and sail across the ocean, um, you know, there's a lot of progress made by dreamers, and Elon Musk is one of them. Anyway, uh, we got Sam online, too. I'm going to bring him in for a comment on Neuralink. Go ahead, Sam. What's your comment? And welcome to the David Pollack Show. You've been doing a fine job, sir. Thank you, my friend. Yes, sir. Enjoy yourself. Thank you. What you got? Uh, so we're going to go deep because you remember the Colorado theater shooting? Uh, yes, I and do. It came out then. It came out then about parties being the, like the DNC and all, the, all that, having some way to get the children of certain delegates or whatever. Anyways, it's just a big old smoke screen pretty much because it died as soon as you started hearing about it. But my thought is this, what you said throughout since you've been on the night, this has been in action for a little while now. If you go back to even that and think about what that subject matter was, it has went silent. You don't hear nothing else about it anymore. If this has been going on, if the predictions that you can cause to a person, like to have a child at the age of eight go get its privates, surgically removed because of a parent that was during that time now has a child and this is all i'm just saying if we went really in deep elon musk as much great things as i know he has done i'm watching him come to the back door dave yep. i'm watching him come to the back door and i'm watching humans disappear because they're going to no longer be here i have a i'm a truck driver yeah i now have semis that i don't have to be in that vehicle no more yeah 
That puts me out of a job. Yeah. How am I feeding my family? How am I paying my church? How is the human being going to live with this technology? AI, Elon Musk, if he's behind it, Bill Gates is not. I think they're all in cahoots together. Dude. Yeah. I really do. The Illuminati, whatever you want to call them. But let's look at the end game here. The end game is the humans lose. Yeah. No, that's an excellent point. And, uh, and thanks. I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll comment right now on that. Um, but essentially, you actually bring up an excellent point. And, and I didn't get into this earlier, but I can get into it now briefly. And uh, that essentially is, and, and thank you so much for the call. It's a great comment. And, and it's important because you're right. Um, we do have to consider how advancements in AI will affect working people, people who drive trucks. But you look at how um, AI is already being used and machinery is already being used to replace jobs in the food sector, in the private sectors. And, and you're right. What happens to humanity when machines and technology can replace the labor that we rely on? Um, and we don't certainly don't want people relying on just the government to pay them an income. And this is certainly I mean, there's been movies like, uh, you know, Wally, when everybody's on that starship floating around in the sky, just sucking down you know, whatever was in their protein shake uh, while they couldn't do anything because, you know, Earth was destroyed or whatever. But but you bring up an excellent point. This is where I think, though, we can use things like AI and, and technology to assist people in their important jobs, like you being a trucker, for example. Um, if, if you can drive longer routes or if you can take more efficient routes or if there's ways where your job can be made easier with the technology rather than replacing, I think you'll always need a human. I think you'll always need a human to make those decisions to be, I certainly think with something as big as a truck, there should always be a human on board in case that technology goes bad. So I don't think it should be replacing these jobs, but enhancing them. And I, and I hope that that's the, re the direction. And as far as the other things, like whether or not people have nefarious, you know, end game goals or whatever, look, that's always a risk when everything, um, but you're right. It's something that we need to look at regulation very closely on to make sure that we're not putting ourselves or opening ourselves up to something that, we never envisioned. And that's why Elon Musk himself was even saying, maybe we pump the brakes on this and look at regulation, but it's a fantastic call. And it's a fantastic comment. You're hundred percent, right? Um, we do need to be careful that we're not replacing our society with things that we cannot control, but you know, and, and I'm, and I don't have time to get into it now, but the question is, what is the natural evolution of humanity? I mean, that's, in the four minutes I have before my next break to get deep, but I mean, you got to look at, at, at our species in general and what, and what is the meaning of life? I mean, you got to think, you know, if we're going to be an interplanetary species, if we're going to go to Mars is six months away. If we're going to go to somewhere that's like Alpha Centauri, it's 75,000 years away. Where are humans going to go beyond earth? It's impossible. I mean, even if you create something that goes super fast, it still takes a really long time to get places and the human body couldn't even survive that. So, how do we explore? How do we grow? I mean, we only have a, a finite amount of time on this planet before this planet is no longer ha habitable, whether it's man-made global warming or just the natural course of things. So we do have to start thinking about ways to improve humanity to the point where we can actually survive as a species. I know it's crazy to think, but I mean, what Elon Musk is trying to do is make humans interplanetary. A lot of people think he's an alien. He's trying to get back home, <laughs> but who knows? But it, you know, it, it's, it, it's certainly very interesting. And, and all of this Neuralink technology and all of these things where we're trying to integrate with AI. Um, it's all really, really interesting. Um, it's something to keep an eye on. Something else I wanted to mention, um, and, and I don't have a lot of time to get into this, but I have to mention it. So doc, remember Dr. Fauci, everybody? I know, I know COVID has gone away uh, and then we're not thinking about it anymore, right? Which is the perfect time to release information 
about Dr. Fauci and the things he was hiding. Now, I know this is going to come as a big shock to all of you guys because, you know, all of our conspiracy theories that we're told that we couldn't say out loud or we get banned or we get deplatformed, all the things that you're not allowed to say about the origins of COVID, the efficacy of masks, the vaccines, talking about how the research was funded, gain of function, all of that fun stuff we're not allowed to say. Well, lo and behold, new emails are out. This is showing that Fauci worked to cover up information that they knew about the origins of COVID. So now he was referred again to the DOJ for potential prosecution because not only did he lie to Congress, um, basically he knew the efficacy of the COVID vaccines. They didn't share it. He also avoided uh, acknowledging mistakes, admitting he was wrong about some of his assertions. They talked about masks being able to stop the spread of COVID, even though they knew they couldn't. They, all of these things we knew. And even worse, they talk about the origins and the gain of function research that we know they were doing. They knew they were the <laughs> Dr. Fauci's organization was sending money to this lab in Wuhan to study COVID viruses. We, we, we said this. But no, 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 that didn't happen. But now this email confirms, and this is Rand Paul who said it, that, that, that uh, research in Wuhan was gain of function. And his assistants labeled it G-O-F. And it was basically catching him in his own words. He lied to Congress about it. Will he be held accountable? Probably not. Merrick Garland is too uh, convinced that he needs to put Trump in jail for, for, God forbid, running for president, which I think he'll win. But instead of a, a pandemic that killed, well, who knows how many people, because they've been inflating those numbers, but killed a lot of people, certainly affected a lot of people's lives, Certainly killed people because of the procedures that they couldn't get because they had hospitals shut down because of COVID. Basically, all of these lies that we knew were being told, everything our instincts told us was happening. Uh, basically, now we're being told, yeah, you guys are right. And what are you going to do about it? Which sucks. <laughs> it does. I mean, look what happened. And now it's coming out. And is anything going to happen to Dr. Fauci? No, nothing's going to happen to Dr. Fauci. Nobody's going to hold him accountable. Merrick Garland's not going to hold him accountable. So basically, there he's going to get away with lying to Congress, telling people a bunch of garbage about masks, telling people a bunch of inaccurate information about the efficacy of vaccines and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, so there you go. So check it out, guys. Um, if you want to go and, and look it out, there's Dr. Fauci emails. Um, you'll see even more things that you always knew were true were true. And I'm getting so sick and tired, whether it's Biden and Hunter, whether it's COVID, whether all these things, whether it's Russia collusion and all of these things that we were told for years. No, 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 guys. You guys are conspiracy theorists for saying these things. That, that Trump thing was a hoax. That Russia thing was a hoax. It wasn't a hoax. It's real. How, much, how many millions of dollars and how many years have we spent investigating something they knew was a hoax? Then we have COVID. And they're like, uh, United NIH funding went into COVID. Hey, these masks aren't going to work. Hey, these vaccines are No, no, no. You can't say that. Only to be told later. Same thing with Biden and, and Ukraine and all these other things that we have whistleblowers telling us. And everything that we said happened and they said, no, it didn't happen, actually happened. <laughs> And then, of course, when nobody's paying attention, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it did happen. What are you going to do about it? And that's the thing that annoys me. It's these things that are like, yeah, we knew. Like my brother-in-law was always like, hey, did you hear, you know, this thing came out about Biden probably being bribed? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we all knew. 
And, and so what? Because what are they going to do about it? It seems only Trump is held accountable as they grasp at straws and try to find reasons to put this man in jail because he's the leading Republican nominee and they're afraid that what he's going to do and what he's going to uncover when he gets in office. I got to take a quick break. When I come back, we're changing gears again because I have a dear friend coming on. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't even want to tell you his bio yet because it's worth reading in its entirety. So don't go anywhere. David Pollock Show will be right back. It's always been the same. Same old story From the moment I could talk David Pollack here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. There, you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. Hey friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to tell them David sent you. Welcome back to Dave Paul Show. See, more Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if you guys, if you guys are fans, you'll, you'll catch the music. So, by the way, no women called this is they saw the Barbie movie. So they're either embarrassed or they didn't see it. And I know they saw it. I've seen them, the gaggles of, of Barbie women. So if you have the courage to call in, the, the lines are still open 407-774-8255. Uh, Gabe, over the, now, by the way, guys, and this is another Pollock tangent, then I'm going to Jimmy. Um, uh, Topper's ice cream is really good. <laughs> Man, that commercial makes me want to go right now. Every time. And it's one of my favorite commercials because I've been there. And guys, I'm telling you, it's really good ice cream. And you don't get it. Um, you don't get it down here really often. It's the really only place you get frozen custard other outside of the Midwest. And the toppings really are great. It's one of the best parts. You got drive through. They can walk up. It's a nice location. You should I go and get I want to try that waffle cone. Oh, oh. You, you should. It sounds it's amazing. Fresh. Sounds amazing. It's like breakfast with frozen cream is delicious anyway um i want to welcome jimmy v to the show jimmy welcome to the yes, david pollock hey. show sorry for, i saw you called in early and i wanted to get you on but i was going down rabbit holes with I, uh I, I heard yeah with uh, sometimes you have to do it you know you just have to kind of go were good rabbit hole they were I, I agree so welcome to the show jimmy you are one of my favorite Thanks. people on the planet now and i have to go through your bio here and usually a bio is very quick and, you know, he's like, ah, yeah, Jimmy, he's a, and in your bio, if I was being quick, I'd just be like, he's an author, he's a marketing genius, a ventriloquist, magician, you know, welcome to the show kind of a deal. But no, 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 no. Your bio is the best thing in the whole world. And I'm going to read uh, an excerpt <laughs> from your bio just to introduce you to the listeners here. And essentially what you guys need to know, he's an author, he's a ventriloquist, he's a CEO, and he's a father. And I'm going to skip the part about how you talk about your ventriloquist coming from your, your puppet comes from your grandma. I know it's near and dear to you, but here's my favorite part. He's the founder of the Florida Ventriloquist Association, assistant director for the Vent, um, Vent Haven International Ventriloquist Convention. And he's on the board of advisors for the Vent Haven Museum. And he's known around the world. And this is true. 
as the five foot high marketing guy. He's living, and this is from Jimmy. He's living proof that big things really do come in small packages. He is a savvy CEO, a huggable husband, a funny father, an acclaimed author and a creative copywriter, a tone-deaf trumpeter, <laughs> a mini-miniature magician, a corny comedian, and a verbose ventriloquist. <laughs> Jimmy, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, David. And as you can tell, I'm a big fan of alliteration. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that I, I think that bio gives the listeners a little flavor of who you are. You are a, a wonderful human being. You're hilarious. You're a fantastic magician. And for the listeners, so I've known Jimmy a while, and he always brings magic tricks with him everywhere we go. Like you could be in a bar. We, we were on a cruise in a bar. And sure enough, he pops out a deck of cards. He starts doing magic tricks. He starts walking around the dining room doing ma magic tricks to random strangers. And they're awesome magic tricks. A life would not be nearly as enjoyable without Jimmy V in it. So it is, is an honor to bring you to the show to talk about your newest book. But you have a lot of books. And so uh, same is lame. You want to talk about that? So, yeah, I'll, I'll so I have written a bunch of books, four business books, two kids' books, um, Same as Lame. J Little Jimmy Says Same as Lame is, w is one of them. It is a book about uh, helping kids embrace what's unique and different about them and using it to their advantage rather than shying away from it. And I'm, I'm talking about, like, actual, like, could be a physical disability. Like for me, it's being five feet tall. You know, there are uh, people that would complain about heightism in this country, um, and and people that are five eight complain of height, complain about heightism, and uh, think they're short. I mean, well, when you're five feet tall, that's that's short uh, for a dude. So uh, that's really kind of what that book is about: embracing the things that make it unique and turning them into to something that you can use. That's why I'm the five-foot-high marketing guy, because it's in a, I'm taking something that most people would consider to be a disadvantage, and I'm leveraging it for, for strength and for positivity and for value. And I'm, I'm getting every ounce of value I can possibly get out of everything that I got. That's little Jimmy says, same as lame. My new book is uh, about ventriloquism. It's how to make your sock talk, a beginner's guide to ventriloquism. And I wrote that book because I've witnessed the power of how ventriloquism and puppets can take someone who has a hard time, a, ch a child who has a hard time expressing themselves, and, and actually even adults, and gives them an outlet to express themselves in a way that they can't normally express themselves without it. So it's, it's really a powerful opportunity as well. And now, you, and not only do you do, and by the way, and you know what we should do? It's radio. I think you should do some ventriloquism because, guys, I promise you at home, you'll never see his lips move. Not one time. <laughs> it's the best it's the best way to do ventriloquism. <laughs> right, on the right? radio. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, if, if I have my partner here, uh, Alex, Alex, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing really good. And I, we got, we're talking to David. Hey, David, how you doing? <laughs> I didn't see a lips move at all. <laughs> no, it's, 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 I mean, it just works. It works. <laughs> I mean, ventriloquism was made for the radio. I, I don't. I don't know why there isn't radio-centered ventriloquists. I mean, but now, well, I mean, <laughs> there was, there was Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy were enormous uh, 
on the radio back in the early days of radio. And they were as big as Mickey Mouse was at the time. It's, you know, in, at the same time that uh, Mickey was just gaining fame. Yeah. And you, uh, Bergen and McCarthy, Charlie McCarthy was all over merchandise like Mickey Mouse. So ventriloquists can be famous on the radio. I don't know about today, but now we've got video. So it works even, works even better. So, and this is what I think is very interesting about you. You're a very successful marketing guy. You have a very successful marketing company. Um, and, but yet ventriloquism has been important to you for a very long time. You do the magic thing. You do the ventriloquism. Your, your, your son also does ventriloquism and he's really good at it. And, and so I'm wondering, like, how does somebody who is an accomplished CEO of a very successful marketing company, how do you still pursue this passion? And what does it mean to you to do, to chase these, these dreams of yours and still be successful at that as well? Well, I believe that things find you. And as you're growing up, you know, I, I started, I loved ventriloquism. I've loved ventriloquism since I was a kid I, and magic. It, it just, I saw a guy come to my school when I was in third grade. He did magic and ventriloquism and something in me clicked in that moment. Like, I'm like, that is, Super cool. Now, I didn't have the internet back then when I was a kid to where you could go and look it up and, you know, see other people doing it. So I really didn't, I didn't chase it down as a career because I didn't even consider that as, as a possibility. And of course, I grew up in the age where your parents push you, pushed you to go to co every kid to go to college because if they, they wanted you to have a better life than they had, they didn't go necessarily go to college and they're pushing their kids to college. That's, actually how we end up in the place that we are with uh, lots of people with degrees that are really worthless. Um, so I did, I got, I got a degree and I got out of college, but I never, that never left me the magic, the ventriloquism. And I think for me, the reason I love it so much magic and ventriloquism, both because they're both illusions that create the same thing ultimately, which is a sense of wonder in other people. It, it causes people for a moment to suspend disbelief and frankly to suspend belief in the things that they might believe are true and hold open, hold space for the fact that they may not actually be sure what they thought they were sure of prior to seeing this trick or this ventriloquist dummy come to life. Um, and I think that's what's so great about it. It it can create, it can transform a moment. It can transform belief. It can transform the a person to into a state of wonder and have them question their reality. And I think more of us need to question our reality and question our perspective uh, at times and really kind of wonder what is possible. And you, you were mentioning earlier in the show, Dave, that this is one of the things about Elon Musk. He's a dreamer, right? He's a dreamer. He's always suspending his disbelief on what is possible and imagining things possible that others don't, can't even see. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. So great job uh, reflecting back on a prior set. That's You're 100% correct. And, and that's what I love about you so much is that you, know, you find ways to be extremely positive and find ways to see the best in everything. And I think it's a great message to bring forward. And again, I like taking breaks from politics sometimes because it could be 
politics is hard. I mean, look, it, it's emotional. People get upset and it's serious. I mean, the future of the country is a very serious thing. But at the same time, there's more to life than just politics. And sometimes it's important to take a mental break from things. And that's what I love about you is that you find ways to be positive in everything, to take uh, a negative and find a way to make it a positive. And I think people need to do that more. I think if people can be and read your books and get those messages out of it and just learn how to not look for excuses on not to do something, but look for reasons to do something instead of can'ts, put in more cans. And, you know, why should you do something versus why you shouldn't? And I think you illustrate that very well in just the way you live your life and in the books you write. Uh, I, when in a minute, I have a minute and 35 seconds, but I want to give you the last words on that. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I really want people to, to believe that more is possible because the one thing I've discovered in life is that more is always possible. And positivity really helps you find the more uh, in any situation, I find. So positive, positivity and belief uh, are two things that go hand in hand and are extremely powerful forces. If anyone's interested in my book uh, on ventriloquism, or you have no, any crafty kids, it's a great gift for uh, grandkids or kids uh, of your own. You can find it at SockTalkBooks.com. Uh, SockTalkBook.com. That's where you can find it. And then on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, any online. Awesome. Guys, check out Jimmy V stuff. I'm going to link to it on my social media as well so you guys can get yourself some copies of it. Your kids are going to love being ventriloquists, finding socks, and making people happy and being positive. Jimmy V, thank you so much for coming on The David Pollock Show. Thanks, bud. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Guys, that's it. Another exciting David Pollock Show. If you want to watch this episode or any other episode, go to the davidpollockshow.com. Check out our podcast, The David Pollock Show, on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And please go and like our social media pages and follow us so you can stay up to date on all of the news and exciting things. Please tune in next week on Monday, same time, same place. David Pollock. Just to do your thing. AM 950, FM 94.9. The answer. WORL, Orlando. News Talk Station of the Year. With this SRN News update. Starting now. News this hour from Tom.